We are on this wonderful journey into the book of Acts and we hope you are blessed as we move into the third part. Join us in the discussions now. God bless you. Welcome everybody to our Bible study hour. So last week uh, we covered um, Acts chapter 2 verses 6 down to 21 I believe and we are hoping to cover verses 22 down to 33 today. So just a quick recap on some of the uh, very important points we, we gathered um, from last week's uh, discussion, um, we saw the reaction um, when people had been baptized in the Holy Ghost and how others around them, so to, to, so to speak, perceived um, the evidence of them speaking in tongues. And we saw the diversity um, in which people spoke in tongues in praising and glorifying God um, and the fact that other people that uh, were not believers heard uh, through uh, the words in which they were speaking to glorify the name of the Lord and in so doing they believed in the Savior. We saw the reaction of other people too who heard uh, what they had they were they were doing in, in that the evidence of them speaking in tongues and they they noted it uh, with mockery um, uh, so to speak and so we we concluded that um, some people that hear of the Lord would turn to him and others would look at it as though it's it's, it's almost like a joke Um, but one of the things I remember mentioning last week is important that we we continue to pray for them because in my own personal life I've seen people mock God um, and years later they have turned to him so it's the Lord that works on the heart um, the hardened heart so to speak uh, to turn uh, that heart uh, to him we went on to see, uh, look at Simon 7, where he started off uh, explaining that people were not drunk with wine. Um, and he went on to speak about the prophecy that was spoken uh, gone, years gone past. And then that was uh, shown in the book of Joel. And we looked at the detail of that and how um, Joel's prophecy manifested. A couple of verses down, uh, verse 19 to 20, uh, we see the prophecy of Joel still being spoken about, but those are prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. They haven't been fulfilled yet. So the evidence of people being filled uh, with the spirit of the living God, uh, we are in that, in that dispensation where we're experiencing that. Um, but the wonders and the skies and the sun turning um, into darkness is, is a prophecy that's yet to be fulfilled. And as we all know, prophecies in the Bible that have been written will be fulfilled um, but the word declares that uh, no word uh, that is written uh, will not will not be fulfilled um, so to speak and the last verse which is really instructive that we covered was verse 21 it says that it shall be that everyone that calls on the name of the lord will be saved this verse never ceases to bless me um, and it speaks beyond those that have salvation Um, Indeed, anybody that calls on the name of the Lord uh, will be saved by him if they don't know him. But even us that are already saved, the word saved speaks about deliverance. It speaks about um, whatever we desire in him. And it it says that as long as we call on that name, that name that's above every single name, uh, we will be delivered from whatever uh, we we desire of. And so it's very instructive uh, to me. 
So today we're going to try, uh, if time permits, to go through verses 22, uh, hopefully down to 33. So may I kindly ask uh, Akosia, if you're in a good place, uh, to please read uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 22 down to 33, please. Thank okay. you. Acts 2, 22 to 33. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh will also dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life, you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that he will set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Amen. 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 And these verses are extremely powerful. Um, and as we go through, uh, it speaks of uh, the Lord Jesus, um, his works, his resurrection, and his glorification, and the application uh, it has to us today and indeed forever. Um, and so the verses that were assigned to um, to us, 22 to 23 was a host and glorious, 24 to 28 was Kojo and Pastor Glow. 29 to 31 was Asia and Ken, and 32 to 33 was Pastor Yao and Auntie Christy. So I'll just hand over to Akosia, who is the only one on the platform to start us off, uh, 22 to 23, just to give us your your insight uh, on your study of these verses. Over to you. Um, Actually, Gloria sends me her insights, so I'll start with that. Beautiful. Go for it. So... About verse 22 and 23, Gloria says that this talks about God's love for humanity by sending his son to the world to die for our sins and the salvation, and that salvation is by God's grace and power, not by our own merit or willpower. Wonderful, thank you. And then for me, mm -hmm. Here we see Peter giving a brief history of who Jesus is and how he died. 
and later on in the chapter, um, Peter will call them to repent and repent from um, maybe aside other things, but then one of the things that they also have to repent from was the death of Jesus because they either participated or supported the murder of an innocent man really and even though it was predestined and part of God's plan it was still wrong of them because it's still wrong to kill an innocent man so Peter would call them into repentance later on in the chapter but I won't um, elaborate on that I think it's for someone else but then in these two verses, we also see Peter calling the officials lawless. And that was interesting for me. And he calls them lawless men because looking at the crucifixion of Jesus from, let's say, illegal aspects, it was there were a lot of things that were wrong, should I say. For instance, him being tried at night, the time that he was tried, to the fact that a bribe was paid for his arrest and even him being asked to testify on his own behalf. There were things that wouldn't have been done in a normal Jewish courts. So over here, I felt like Peter did have the rights, like he had some standing to call them lawless men. But then Peter also goes on to explain that everything that happens, I mean, everything that happened was in the plan of God. And it shows that our ways are not God's ways. And though we may go through some things that are unpleasant, once we abide in God, it would end up in our good and his glory, just as a gruesome and legally sketchy crucifixion ended up in our salvation. And for me, this is comforting because Though Jesus went through um, this injustice, everything has been made right in the end, or will be made right in the end. And in our world today, and maybe even in our personal lives, there's a lot going on that sometimes makes us question God and ask him why these things are happening. Either because maybe it's too painful or it's unjust. But then we know that at the end, God will work it out for his glory and our good. And this reminds me of um, a verse, Job chapter 19, verse 25, which says, here Job is declaring that, for I know that my Redeemer lives and at last he will stand upon the earth. And for me, this is actually a very comforting verse for me personally. So even in the midst of unpleasantness, I know and we should know that and trust that we've already won. So um, these are the reflections I had for 2020 Lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. Some beautiful insights there from uh, both Glorious and uh, and Akusia. Um, I like the fact that you pointed out in verse 23, the predestined plan of the Lord. Um, he, he knows the beginning uh, from the end. Um, and G Jesus Christ wasn't just sent at random. Uh, the plan was inscribed before the foundations of the earth that mm. he would come uh, and be the one that saves us from from sin and and give us and give us life 
Um, verse 22, I just want to pick out a couple of points before I open the floor for any other comments, which would be great. Um, it, it, it speaks about Christ Jesus it said a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst just as you yourself know the word attest means to prove to prove um, I think it's, 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 it's very important as Christians as we walk with him he will prove himself in various situations and various means to us it is through those miracles, it is through those wonders, it is through those signs that must deepen our faith in him. I met somebody uh, today in a conversation, um, we were speaking about a character in the Bible uh, uh, through whom uh, the Lord had done great miracles. Um, and the person's comment to me was, um, that was that person, that was so-so-and-so. Uh, it's almost to say that that person experienced that portion of the Lord. And so let's pack that and move on. And I found that quite, quite interesting. And that is for all of us, the signs and the wonders that the Lord either display in our lives or that which we read is fundamental to us believing in him. And it only if we cling onto those signs and those wonders that he has performed, that would we know he's truly God. Um, if we just dish out what we want to believe and leave the signs and wonders that he has done, um, uh, we will probably not grow in him. Um, and as uh, Peter is rightly displaying here, he's saying that uh, the proof that he is God was attested through the miracles he did, the wonders and the signs through God performed through him that you and I might believe. Um, and so it's really important that the signs and the miracles that the Lord has displayed, will display, and is displaying, mm. must remain with us. And that must be our strong point where we hold on to him, knowing that he truly is able. Mm. I'd like to open up the floor now um, to anybody that has any comment um, on these two verses. Thank you, um, Glorious and Akosia, for your insights. Thank you. Any any other comments, please? Can I go on? Yes, please. Go for it. Is, yeah. <laughs> right. So there's something small to add to what Akosia said. When you read the verse 22, it says, A man attested by God to you by miracles. This is somebody that God himself had proven him the world by signs and wonders, yet he still went through crucifixion. This mm. means that the fact that God himself gave you something does not mean you will not face challenges. Mm. It is in those challenges and situations that his glory is is, is proven, his glory is, is displayed. So whether God gave us a particular job, particular, he called you the particular ministry, he, he, he gave you a particular marriage, does not mean that we will not face challenges. Challenges will surely come. But that is when we should cling to God the most and he will glorify himself. Just as even in the crucifixion, he glorified himself. Amen. 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 Bless you, Isia. Thank you. I have a question. Uh, the verse 23, where it is 
almost as though, as Peter says, is a predetermined counsel of God. And so it was predestined that Jesus would go through what he went through, uh, that is to be crucified. Now, my question there is, does it mean that the problems that you are going through in your life now have been predetermined? <laughs> what do we think? The, the challenges you are going through now in your life. Uh, some of you have no money in your pocket. Mm. Some of you have, you know, various, you know, uh, problems. Does it mean that those challenges are predetermined uh, by God, you know, so that it is your own kind of crucifixion? Mm. How do we address this? Now, from what Peter said, it, it means being predetermined by God, nothing could stop it. Mm. It's, uh, it's a given. You know, there is no way Jesus could not have been crucified mm. because God predetermined that on that day, on that hour, he would be crucified for the sin of mankind. So the things you are going through, are they predetermined? Does it mean, you know, that they are determined for you? And therefore you've got to, you've got to, you know, you've got to go through it. Yes, and nothing is going to stop it. What do we think? And how do we navigate this question? There is a scripture in the Bible where a man was born blind mm. and the disciples were asking Jesus what caused it, and he said it was for the glory of God. Mm. So I believe some things are predestined, some challenges are predestined, and others, probably we ourselves plunged ourselves into with you, our own actions, but surely there are some that are predestined for God's glory. That is what I believe. Mm. interesting mm. thoughts they are very interesting thoughts there any other ideas for me the way it plays out in my mind is that there are slightly different lines or different options that our lives could go so maybe there's plan A and plan B and plan C <laughs> that God has and God has beat us like God has plan like god knows the beginning from the end from the beginning for each line but then we also have free will hmm. so if we choose an action that is from plan a it means we go through like the consequences of plan a because like that's the i feel like this is so mathematical but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then i also believe that sometimes there are obstacles that are thrown in our way to refine us. Because hmm. I believe that whatever happens is will end in the glory of God. And it's the glory of God that's in whatever happens should happen for our good. Hmm. So I feel like 
should I say for the most part, things are predetermined, but then also with the factor of our free will. But then maybe like job like some obstacles would come in to strengthen our faith or something. That's what I feel. Mm. <laughs> I like your your analogies and your the mathematical mind. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? What do we think? <laughs> yes. Um. So to where do I even start? To say that um, the hardships or the challenges people go through have been predetermined um, is a difficult one for me to accept. Uh, and I mean, based on scripture. So if that is the case, let's assume that is the case. Then what happens to sin that people commit? Couldn't that be predetermined as well? And therefore, we should allow people to walk in their predetermined path of sin so that when they die, after all, God predetermined that for them. And so there wouldn't be anything like judgment. So that contradicts um, what scripture says that it is appointed to man to die and after that judgment. So that is one. And then of course, your point about free will, I think is very important. So we, we, we live in this world. God has created this world for us to live in all the earth and all the world system. We know the devil is in control, but we also have a will to play, uh, you know, a will that we must exercise. And depending on how we exercise our will, we may be faced with things. Now, if we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And it continues, uh, unto good works which God has uh, before ordained that we should walk in. So if indeed there is predetermination, as the scripture is telling us, it is unto good works. Um, it is not unto suffering, pain, and things like that. All right? So I, the whole idea of predetermination of suffering or pain or you know, difficulties I struggle based on these scriptures to accept. But of course, we know Jesus is, is, a, is a different thing altogether. And so, but for us, we have been, you know, the predetermination is onto good works for us to walk in. Uh, amen. 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 Can I ask a question? How about Joseph? As you're talking, Joseph came to my mind. Mm -hmm. So Joseph went through a lot of hardship. And at the end, then, uh, where obviously um, mm. everything came together. He said something very instructive. Yeah. That it was God that made it so that I may preserve your lives. And these were the words he said to his brothers. Um, so could we not take that as a predestined act of which included suffering in order that a generation would be um almost um preserved preserved um it's a really difficult question i think everybody's right but as usual pastor mm -hmm. asks all the very complex and <laughs> mind-blowing uh questions but as pastor yaw was speaking the first person that came to my mind was joseph and god mm -hmm. 
helped me. If you look at the life of Joseph, I mean, we've said we went to Genesis, uh, the early parts of this year. And every time I read that story, I cry. I don't know why. Uh, because if you look at the length in which he suffered, uh, it spun across, mm -hmm. we're calculating the other day, almost 35 years, Joseph suffered um, before he came out of that in order to be um, glorified, so to speak. So it's a very, very, very difficult question. But I think I agree with everybody on the platform. Everybody has a valid point. Over to you. Let me muddy the waters. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Job chapter 14, verse 1. Job. Job says, man that is born of a woman is of few days mm. and mm. full of trouble. Some, you know, translation you say, full of turmoil. So are we predestined to suffering? Well, um, really good points that, you know, you've all raised. Really, really good, honestly. And you are not wrong. All not wrong. Mm -hmm. It is um, a difficult question to ask. But the answer is quite simple mm. from God's word. There is what we refer, we call volition. Uh, it's a theological term, volition. That is the will, the, the, the God-given will. We are not automatons. We are not machines. We have a will to decide uh, a particular course for our lives. In fact, the will to choose Christ or to reject Christ, mm. God has given that to all of us and we mm. and we have a choice to make to choose christ uh, wherein is eternal life uh, or to choose you know to reject christ wherein is mm. eternal damnation that will is given to all of us choice and then there is also what is referred to as the sovereignty of god mm. so these two things in scripture, all throughout scripture, they are held in tension, mm. you know. And if we go through, so you mentioned the story of Joseph as an example. We also see the story of Job. Mm. By the way, just before I, you know, finish up, Job talking about this, man that is born of a woman is full of trouble, you know, it's a few days and full of trouble. Now, what I'm about to say is, uh, could be controversial to some people but it's actually true to know about god and about the character of god and about the righteousness of god and about the holiness of god and about the personality of god the book of job throws some light to that but the words of job and his friends are not what you would take as divine rep, you know, let me, as, um, as representing what is indeed true of, of God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in the same book of Job, we, we did see how God rebuked some of the things they said, which means that some of the things they said are not things that we should uh, which would take as gospel truth because God himself, when he came into town to speak to Job, he, he asked 77 questions to 
in an attempt to let them know that they don't know it all. And what they are saying, most of the things they were saying was nonsense. And so Job's words here, you know, are not something that I would, you know, build a doctrine on, you know, because we all know he went through suffering. And so he was speaking from that perspective of personal suffering, you know, which many of us do, by the way, when we are going through pain, then we are likely, you know, to turn it, you know, to generalize uh, uh, unnecessarily, you know, in ways which may not be correct, you know, sometimes. Okay. Having said that, therefore, we have the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, both of these things held in tension through our scripture so that it is contextual and by the help of the Holy Spirit for us to then know what is what or which is which without us, you know, uh, making a very quick um, judgment on things. So, for example, look at the path of Christ. It was predetermined. He's got to suffer, you know. Uh, the Bible calls him a man of sorrows. Mm. So he was born for that, you know. Uh, if you look at Job, you know, it was destined by God that he had to be in Egypt. In fact, the dreams he had all pointed to Egypt, you know, yes. so that he needed to be in Egypt uh, for divine counsel, which was spoken to Abraham to be fulfilled. And, and God needed to use Joseph to accomplish that. Uh, if you, however, look at other, you know, suffering, uh, you know, in, in, in scripture, we also do know there's a devil, as Pastor Yao mentioned earlier on, more very accurately, there is also a devil who doesn't want your prosperity, who doesn't want your, your, your success in life and so on. And so we cannot say if you are going through you know, a difficulty that it is God who has put it on you. In fact, if I was every Christian and I encountered suffering, the first thing I'll do is to attack the devil for trying to bring that into my life. If I was every Christian, that's, that's the first thing I would do because I know that suffering doesn't come. God doesn't plan suffering for his children. He's a loving father, yes. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, you know, the thoughts I have towards you are of good and not of evil to bring it to an expected end so god doesn't have evil planned for my life you know and so if evil or curse around you you know sickness disease uh, troubles things are turning upside down nothing is working well you've got to rise up as a christian and address it by the authority jesus has given to you because there's a devil whose role in your life is to kill to steal and to destroy and that's important. However, on your journey in life, as Isaiah mentioned earlier on, you don't expect smooth rain, you know, smooth uh, sailing, you know, uh, you don't expect that. You would expect to have ups and downs, uh, because when God created the world, He created mountains, and beside every mountain is a valley. And so, if you are journeying through F, topographically, you would go up. And then you will come down. You will go up because there are mountains and there are valleys and there are plateaus mm. and so on. And you will go through all these phases in life. Uh, the, the process of growth. A child is born, they crawl, then they start walking and in trying to walk, they fall. But they've got to get themselves up again and continue, you know. And so that is, that is 
part of the journey in life. And that one, you know, you can't say, you know, particularly charismatic Christians, you know, we are prone to putting everything on the devil, you know, uh, when sometimes God is using suffering for his sake to purify you, to sanctify you, to to, to, to strengthen you, to make you a better person uh, in what it is that he has called you to do. As long as you are in God's will mm -hmm. for your life, as long as you know you are in God's will for your life, when some challenges occur, uh, you know, you shouldn't be moved mm -hmm. because you know that, you know, he's it, it, not going to kill you. He's going to make you stronger. He's going to it's going to refine you. It's going to, you know, uh, particularly when it comes to persecution. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. You know, uh, Peter says uh, the, the sufferings are but for a season. Mm. You know, he says, after ye have suffered for a while. Now, what is he referring to? He's referring to the suffering of persecution for the sake of the kingdom. And for those ones, it is predetermined for you and for me. We will go through that for the sake of our calling in Christ. And for those ones, you know, don't blame the devil always. Obviously, he has instigated it, yes. <laughs> he doesn't want, you want to, he wants to attack your faith, you know, but the point is, when you're going through that, you know, you don't throw your hands in the air and say, God has forsaken me, you know, God has, why, why this suffering, why am I going through this persecution and this thing, you know, and so on, because, oh God, I'm doing your will, you've called me, I'm a Christian, I'm doing everything right, why, you know, this persecution and so on. You don't, you know, uh, throw your hands in air against God. Rather, you trust in him more for strength to go through uh, those challenges. A scripture that's dropped in my spirit, what does Isaiah say? I believe Isaiah 43 it is. When you go through the waters, you know, not if, when, he says the waters will not overpower you. He said, when you go through the fire, the fire will not burn you. Not if, it's when. So I'm afraid to say there is a, a fire awaiting somebody <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> but to know that in you, in you going through that fire, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And that is what must give you hope and comfort. Amen. 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 But something AC also said that's very instructive, just want to add literally in 30 seconds, is also sometimes the decisions that we make. Absolutely. And that's extremely important. Um, and as Christians, as we make certain decisions, we are um, gracefully um, warned by our Father not to take certain steps in our lives. And uh, because of our passions and because of our strong will, so to speak, we we decide not to go that way and remember the advice that we receive from the lord that doesn't come from the lord himself in in, a, in the strange big voice but it comes through godly people around us it comes through his word and it comes through him speaking to you directly through an inner voice how comfortable you feel within and pastor has been through how the lord speaks um, and if we choose not to hit to that in those instructions and then we face the consequences of 
of not heeding to that instruction. And we see that in the lives of the Israelites. Mm. It's, it's, it's con continuous in everything they did. The Lord spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. And in anger, he left them to do what they wanted to do. And the end was disastrous. Mm. So um, the loving father that we have will speak to us and direct us in the right path. And these might be fundamental steps we take in our lives, big steps that we take in our lives. And if we choose not to hack into his voice uh, through wise counsel, then um, sometimes we we do suffer mm. the repercussions um, mm. of that. A good example is uh, the prophet Jonah, mm. who, when God asked him to go to Nineveh, he boarded a ship which was headed in the opposite direction to Tarshish. And we know the rest of the story how that you know he ended up in the belly of a great fish uh, when he was thrown overboard because he brought a storm uh, into his own life and brought a storm into those around him mm. by his disobedience by his own decisions as is yeah rightly said mm. you know so sometimes also that the suffering you are suffering is not that you have committed anything bad you've done anything bad or that or the devil has brought it to you or or God or anything, or you even or even your own self, but that you chose to be in the boat with a Jonah mm. who is walking with a storm, and you you went into the same boat with him. Oh boy, that storm, when it strikes that boat, you are in that boat, you are going also going to be losing your precious goods. Mm. Guess what? In, in that story, when the storm hit. The, the the captain of the boat and the and the passengers they began to throw their you know precious goods away because they thought that was you know they, they needed to save themselves and and so let's throw all these goods away so we can save ourselves they lost their precious goods for nothing mm. all because one man was walking in disobedience mm. and they suffered for it so the alliances we form uh, are important in in this life the the friendships we form are important in this life the places we find ourselves are important in this life. The relationships we get into are important in this life, and so on and so forth. Uh, business partnerships, even, mm. that we go into in this life. Uh, in, that is why the Christian must be led by the Spirit. You get it. Uh, otherwise, then you would go into some partnerships which would lead you into a storm. And... Um, when you get into that storm, you will see that you 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 lose your precious goods, you know, like those on the boat with John did. Amen. Amen. That was a, a, a digression from mm. Acts chapter two, but I think it's a, a useful a useful one. Yeah. Okay. All right, John. All right. Let's move on um, to verse twenty four to twenty eight. And Pastor Glow, when you're ready, over to you. Okay, um, there are three learnings that I pick up from these verses. Um, we see that Peter emphasized that um, David was a prophet who could um, who could see ahead, mm -hmm. as um, David has um, said in um, written in Psalm, the book of Psalms 16. So the first um, lesson here is um, Jesus was dead, yet he is now alive. So David spoke here. Um, in the Psalm 16, um, 
perhaps not knowing he was um, speaking of a greater power, that the Messiah would not see decay in the grave and that he would rise from the dead. And we see this prophecy that has been fulfilled. So the Messiah came, died. He did not rot in, in the grave, but yet he rose up again on mm -hmm. the third day. So that is my first um, learning there. And then the second one is um, the Lord is our source of power and authority. We see this in the verse 25. David said, his Lord is at his right hand. And we see that one's right hand is a metaphor for power and authority. So to David, his Lord is the source of his power and authority. So the Lord can also be our source of power and authority as well and then the last one is um um the presence of god brings joy um yeah david um said his lord is with him and leading him and um he places the lord before him before himself and chooses to follow his lord so having the lord with him provides security he said um he will not be shaken and also fills him with joy. The Lord also fills him with joy with his presence. So in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. So again, the presence of God fills, um, of God brings joy to us. So we need to harbor his presence more. These are the lessons that I have um, taken from these verses. Thank you. Amen. Very powerful um, insights from uh, Glow and that which has been a blessing um, to her. Um, any any builds on uh, Glow's uh, point? I like the um, the second point in that the presence of the Lord gives us power. Um, I think we underestimate that. Mm. Um. And the Lord never ceases to um, confirm that to me um, in times of difficulty, in times of trouble. Um, I uh, I lead people and there are people that are full of all things. <laughs> Some of the challenges I go through at work, uh, I lift up my voice in the morning and I think sometimes I underestimate the power of him that dwells with me. But that prayer that goes before me, that presence that goes with me uh, has never ceased to break through any barriers before me. And mm -hmm. uh, so Glow's point on the presence of the Lord and the power it has that abides with the Christian. Um, we should never, ever take that for granted. The moment we begin to take that for granted, we'll begin to uh, lessen, so to speak, mm -hmm. or make minute uh, the magnitude of him that dwells with us um, in the book of uh, numbers i was just reading that and that's the the portion of scripture i'm in um, it the lord referred to he said i am the lord your god and that's the first time he said that's interesting he didn't say i'm the lord god i am the lord your god mm. so how do we how do we personalize the lord to us is it just god that we see him from afar or he's the lord my God, uh, whom will stand with me in whatever situation I'm in. So Glow, I was really blessed by that. Thank you. Any other builds on Glow's comments? Glow. Glow, thank you. 
any other comments on on these verses? I think uh, Lou has captured them very powerfully, mm. and uh, I really like um, that as well. I want to touch on the verse number twenty six. Says, therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. It's amazing, isn't it? My heart rejoiced mm -hmm. and my tongue was glad. The heart connected to the tongue. My heart was glad and my tongue. My heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Now, personally, you know, and I say this uh, rather humorously, but I think it's important we know when you are happy or when you are blessed mm. uh, by God, when you have a, a, a miracle, a blessing, a testimony, your heart is rejoicing. Mm. We must learn to express it with our tongue. We must learn to let our tongue speak that which is happening within us. Mm. You don't block it in. You don't, you know, you don't, uh, you, know, shut it you don't shut it up. You've got to, you've got to praise the Lord with your tongue. You've got to speak it out. You've got to voice it out. God gave us a tongue, not just so we could communicate with each other, with one another on the earth as humans, but also that we can use that tongue in praise of his name, in praise of his glory. And so, uh, you know, Christians who say that, you know, I am, I am thanking God in my heart. It's okay to do so. Of course, you've got to thank God in your heart. But at the same time, we must also learn to thank God with our mouths. To, to, to. So in prayer, we must also learn not to pray only in our hearts. We must also learn to pray with our mouths. So we voice out. Let God hear your voice. Mm. Let God hear your singing in church. When you are in church and others are singing, praise and worship is ongoing. Don't see them be a spectator. Sing along. You know, let your tongue, you know, be glad in the Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. Pastor Yao, was hand is down. Yes. Over to you, Pastor Yao. Yeah, I have a question. Yes, go for it. Um, sorry. He's going to ask so in... a question. No, <laughs> in verse, <laughs> in verse 25, uh -huh. in verse 25, uh, so <clears throat> the Bible speaks of um, Jesus getting a position or being lift, uh, raised to or lifted to a position at the right, uh, the father's right hand, mm -hmm. at the father's right hand. Um, quick one, what does this speak of and what does it mean? Um, for us, his followers. Very good. What do we think? Good question. And Glow, in his submission, you know, actually touched on that briefly. So what do we think? I think a lawyer is trying to speak. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, is, there, is that not your voice? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I have, I, I don't have an idea, sorry. What did you say I missed that? She doesn't have an idea. Okay. 
let someone be an advocate for <laughs> the lawyer. For the lawyer. <laughs> I choose Pastor Yao. <laughs> <laughs> Back no, at no, 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 no. <laughs> you see? No, this, this back to send that yeah. Yes. <laughs> well dodge. <laughs> mm. Right. Um okay. let me just quickly because of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um Blue mentioned sure. right hand mm -hmm. signifying power. Signifying sort of strength and power. Now you would also recall in the in the context, in the Jewish context, you know, the right hand would be the place of the firstborn, mm -hmm. would be the place of uh, the one who, who, who owns the right to transact business on behalf of the patriarch. Mm -hmm. And so uh, being sat at table, the head of the table would be the head of the family, and then the right hand would be the first, you know, firstborn or the first maleborn, you know, because obviously it's a patriarchal society and so on. Okay, I'm referring to biblical times. And so the right hand, therefore, uh, Christ at the right hand of the Father, as uh, you know, this metaphor uh, uh, represents, mm. would tell us something that he has the entirety of the transactional rights of the Godhead in mm. him mm. so that he is himself God acting on behalf of the Godhead as God. Hmm. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son at the right hand bears all power of the Godhead. And so for us as followers, oh, how glorious, how beautiful, how marvelous this is, how wonderful. We, in the name of Jesus, can expect that entirety of the power of God to be operational in our lives when we invoke the name of Christ. Hmm. So that the Bible says that the mention of the name of Jesus, hmm. every name, shall bow, must bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so that must give us confidence mm -hmm. you know, in our walk with the Lord, confidence in our relationship with, mm -hmm. with, with God, confidence in our prayer life, yes, mm -hmm. in our prayer, uh, because we are not praying in any other name. We are not praying in our mm -hmm. own names. We are praying in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. through whom he is the conduit of divine power through whom power is, you know, released, the power of God is released. And that is really a blessing mm -hmm. uh, for you and for me. Amen. 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 Really blessed time on his words today. Um, so it's just something um, very um, instructive in verse 24. And it says that, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death. Hmm since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Amen. And the agony there speaks uh, almost of labor pains, uh, of travailing, and it, it shows the extent of suffering the Lord went through for our behalf. I remember that our sins was a weight on him at this time. But quite instructive, the word says that it was impossible for him to be held in its power. That same power dwells in you and me. And therefore, whatever that is of difficulty cannot hold us down. Mm. It should be impossible to hold us down because that same power that set the Lord free 
uh, from death, from lifelessness, so to speak, that same power dwells in us. So let's with confidence know that uh, whatever struggles we might go through in terms of our character or how we may be, um, the Lord is with us and by his spirit that quickens our mortal body, uh, it, he's more than able uh, to take us out of those things because it was impossible. It was impossible. And that same power dwells in us, impossible to be kept at that same location or that same problem or that same hardship um, that uh, can be transformed um, by the inner renewal of the Holy Ghost. And that's all for me for today. What a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, let me touch briefly on that. Is a whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by he should be holding by it, as the King James uh, Bible says. Oh, how, how amazing. You know, the pains of death. The pains of death, having loosed the pains of death, mm. you know. So guess what? The Christian is no longer under the power of death. Mm. Uh, we are no longer under the power of sin because sin leads to death. And, mm. and because we are no longer under the power of sin, we are no longer under the power of death. Yes. Now, it doesn't mean that the Christian does not die. The Christian obviously physically dies. Yes, we, uh, we, we, we physically die, you know, obviously, because we are human, isn't it? But your spirit remains with the Lord. You're, you are alive. That is eternal life. You, you remain alive in God. And so... Uh, you know, death has no power over you and over me because God raised Christ up from the dead. Mm -hmm. And having raised him from the dead, he overcame the pains of death. He, he loosened the bonds mm -hmm. of death. And so we are not afraid of death. You know, we are not you know, under that power anymore. And that is really a blessing mm -hmm. for the Christian today. Mm -hmm. Jesus went through pains for you and for me, mm. you know, the, the cross, the death on the cross was considered the, the highest form of pain and, and mm. torment. In fact, the, the, the word excruciating mm. in English came from the Latin excruciare, which means to torment, which also means to torture, which, which came from a word which means a cross. Mm. So the cross represented torment, torture, and therefore excruciating pain or excruciatus in the latin and so jesus went through that mm. you know for me and for you and so today we can we can receive healing from him mm. we can receive life from him mm. we can receive joy from him mm. we can receive prosperity from him mm. we can receive every blessing from him because he went through that so that we mm. will not have to go through that. Mm. And that is a blessing, you know, the substitution. He was substituted for, you know, mm. the, the judgment that should fall on us. It fell on him so that we in him might be made free. Mm. And that is the glory, the glorious uh, gospel of Christ. That is, it, it is it's just a mystery that even angels seek to look into you know it's a mystery which in christ we are blessed to have we thank god for a wonderful time in his word i hope you were blessed as much as i was it's really really been wonderful and we hope to see you again 
in the next episode. If you're listening to us for the first time, you have not given your life to Jesus. I want you to know that without Christ, life is excruciating. Without Christ, life is unbearable. You may have it all in your pocket. You may have it all seemingly going okay, but your spirit is locked in death, eternal damnation. I invite you to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. To do that, please say this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I recognize I cannot save myself. I am a sinner. I repent of my ways today. I believe you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross of Calvary for me. But on the third day, you raised him again from the dead. So that if I trust in Christ, I also rise into newness of life. I give my life to you. Forgive me my sin. I repent from my ways. I no longer belong to the world. From today, I confess Jesus as Lord and I declare Christ my Savior. I give myself to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've said a prayer, we want to help you. Go to our website, uklsi.org or visit our social media handles. Uh, Instagram at LSI underscore UK and we will be happy to be of help in your Christian journey. See you again in the next episode. God bless you.